Castravel has been around a very long time. It's the homeworld of the elves. And there's lots and lots of lost magical artifacts, and even an ancient city of portals. And we're gonna get to it. Hello everyone, welcome to the Maple Table. My name's Nathaniel. This is a channel where we discuss lore around some of your favorite role-playing games, such as Starfinder, Werewolf the Apocalypse. If that's something you're interested in, I would love to have you join me at the table. You can do so by hitting that subscribe button and that bell notification to get more videos like this from myself. Castravel had civilization on it for thousands of years, even before the gap. You can look at some of ancient Pathfinder history and find that the Elves, the Lashunta, and the Formians, they lived there, they didn't really get along together. In ancient times, Castravel was actually littered with Elven portals, and these were called the Ayudara. Not only did these portals link various spots on the planet to each other, but they also gave Castravel links to other planets before spaceflight was a thing. The Lashuntas and the Formians, they were at war with each other for thousands and thousands of years. That was until the Sheerans actually brokered a peace deal between these two species in 287 after Gap. Thanks to the Sheeran brokered peace treaty between the Lushuntas and the Formians, this happened about 30 years ago, the thousands of years of war between the two of them have actually come to a stop. And it was particularly bad for the Formians because they were not only fighting with the Lushuntas, but they were also fighting themselves. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So what kind of planet is Castravel anyways? It is basically a tropical paradise. It is hot, it is humid, it has continent-spanning jungles, home to very ferocious carnivorous plants. And while I did just call it a tropical paradise, it does actually contain nearly every biome that you would think to find on this planet. Despite having lots of cities, tons of settlement and industry, it does still have quite a bit of wild space on the planet. This is just a very difficult planet to tame. Xenodruids love it here. The way that many of the cities protect themselves from the jungle overgrowth, you would find fences, electrified fences, and gun turrets. These are very common when it comes to any city, especially the ones that live near the wilds. Did I mention that there are mold storms that happen on the planet? Basically a swarm of spores that turns stuff into fungus, it breaks down organic matter, and it really wreaks havoc on the computer systems. Castrobel also has one moon called Elindre. There is no atmosphere on this moon, but that did not stop the elves from being the industrious buggers that they are. This moon is where you will find majority of Castrobel's ship production. You don't have to worry about the environment when there isn't one. Castrobel is the second planet from the sun in the Pact World system. In Pact Standard Time, this planet takes half a year to go once around the sun, but its day cycle is still 24 hours. Castravel was known to have portals that linked the planet to others in the solar system. In the ancient wars that happened, before spaceflight was really a thing, or even high technology, the Lushuntas figured out how to use these elf portals. They were called elf gates by basically everyone who wasn't an elf. Many of these portals connected Castravel to Akaton, and it was because of this that Castravel actually had a very close relationship pre-gap with Akaton. Unfortunately now, the state of Akaton, there really isn't much happening on that planet. It's, it's kind of dying. 
However, some less common or lesser known portals, especially at the time, connected Castravel to Triaxis as well as the lost planet, Galorion. Unfortunately, many of these portals, or the majority of these portals, are located in a place called Talassia, the Portal Grove. And this place has been taken over by a green dragon, and we'll talk about that one in a little bit. Remember those mold storms that I mentioned? Unprotected settlements have actually been lost to this event known as Death Bloom. What happens is there is a mass flowering or a spawning of spores from some of the fauna. And while these events are infrequent, thankfully, there is really no warning system developed for when these happen. Even after all this time, the elves have only been able to come up with two different types of armor to only resist the effects of the mold storm. It doesn't actually stop it. And keep in mind, the mold can eat away organic material within a couple of hours. It's not uncommon to see adventuring groups who are exploring the wilds of Castravel to have polycarbon or nanocarbon-based armor. Planet-wise, there has been some scientists that are ringing alarm bells trying to get all the governments on the planet to act as one. And this is because the mold storms have been growing in frequency and also they've been getting a lot more effective at breaking down material. Castravel is divided into four main continents. Asana is the largest continent on Castravel, and it is home to the Lushuntas. The Lushuntas have documented much of their continent. Most of it would be around the shores and some of the mountains that they've been able to get to to explore. Unfortunately, it gets a little bit shady when you start going more inland and towards the forests. The Formians have also taken a southern continent, and most outsiders will refer to this as the Colonies. Depending on what Formian you ask, they might give it a different name depending on how they view the Queen Hive Mother. But for simplicity, we're just going to call it the Colonies. This will leave Sovereign. If I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I apologize. This is the home of the Elves, and they like to be separated from everybody else, and they couldn't have picked a better continent to do that with. In the sea that separates this continent from the rest of everything else, there are very dangerous icebergs. There are psi whales. And Castravel also has its own version of the Kraken, which we're going to call Como Hughes. The last continent of Uculum is, uh, well, it's a forest nightmare. This continent has had many expeditions trying to settle it and to tame the wilds that are there. Unfortunately, it's just a dangerous place. It's home to vicious man-eating plants, or elf-eating plants, if you will. Nonat Ones did a video called The Gardener of Death, and I like to think that what he covered can largely be found on this continent. So let's talk briefly about the Lashuntas, the Formians, and the Elves, and how they organize themselves and what type of governance they've got. The Lashuntas of Asana organize themselves by city-states. Each city-state controls a small amount of land and resources that's typically immediately around them. And depending on what city-state you go to can actually depend on how it's governed. Some of them will have monarchies, some of them will have democracies, some of them will just have a ruling family line forever. The Lushuntas do have a love of scholarship and they are very smart. This also means that they like magic and they like to incorporate technology and magic together. They use this to form powerful military tech as well as powerful militia groups. And because they're usually on the fringes where the forest is literally trying to kill them, you will find that the Lushunta settlements have very strong, well-equipped military presence. 
And unfortunately, because of this strong military presence, the Lashunta city-states will bicker and fight with each other quite a bit. It's not uncommon for a warring city-state or a rival city-state to raid one another. They won't kill each other, they try to keep that to a minimum, but they will take their stuff. Some corporations have played on this warfare aspect, and some Lashunta are worried that they will be played, and because of this, mega corporations can come in, take over everything, and not care about the well-being of anyone. Basically what happened on Akaton. The Formians were not always the hive mind collective that they are now. They used to be warring tribes or warring hives. And these wars dragged on so long and they were so vicious that it actually prevented the Formians from advancing as a society for thousands of years. Eventually some of the biggest hives got together and they created a concept that they would devote all of their hives to. This was called the Overqueen. It was purely theoretical, there is no Overqueen. But it was this concept of the Overqueen that allowed the Formians to bring the smaller tribes in and get everybody working together. And once everybody was working together, they turned into almost like a ant hive. You eventually had workers being bred for specific jobs, you had your taskmasters, you had your... you had your warriors. They started doing diplomatic missions, often with the help of some Shirin. And they started to learn and accept other tribes and get their point of view, and this helped them progress into an economic powerhouse, actually. The Formians started developing manufacturing business. They had factories, they had pit mines. Not great for the planet, but they were getting paid. Workers could actually gain rank because they were working in a business or working for a corporation. It was the elves, though, who completely changed after the gap. This loss of memory really affected them the most. Elves aren't actually known for their hospitality and opening with welcome arms. The gap unfortunately drew them even further inward and made them much more xenophobic. Elves became even less social, which is hard to imagine. Elves also started having lower birth rates, which they also take a long time to birth. And in order to combat the lower birth rates, the sovereign government implemented something called blood right. This was actually a boon for the half-elves, or anybody who had elven blood in them. Anybody who had visual signs of being an elf, I'm going to say the pointy ears, they could claim citizenship of Castrovel. And this was designed to try to bolster the population as long as you were elven. Even though the elves had withdrawn into themselves, this doesn't mean that they stopped trading entirely. They did become a little bit more strange though. For example, it's not uncommon for elves, if you're doing trading with somebody that they're unfamiliar with or just uncomfortable with, elves will just wear a mask and you won't get to see their face. Post-gap, this has started to become a more common trend with elves. Elven goods are still some of the best that you can find. Their craftsmanship is unrivaled and they've really taken this to kind of the next level. Their mentality with this is it's better to have something that looks good and is high quality than it is to mass produce it. Now the Sova are a group of high elves who lead Sovereign. They come from the families of El, and their goal is Sovereign first. The focus is really to preserve the economic state of Sovereign and to preserve the heritage. While there are many places of interest to talk about with Castrovel, I don't have the time to go through all of them, so I've picked out a couple of ones that I think are the most interesting. 
Jabask is a city-state located deep inside Glow Silk Jungle. The easiest way to get there is through an Ayudara. The most dangerous way to get there is from a daring shuttle pilot who wants to make this trip. While it is not a pretty city, it is definitely utilitarian. They are constantly protecting themselves from the jungle, which is always attacking them. Not to mention the jungle monsters that just want to eat them and get rid of them. The reason you would want to go there is because you would want to talk to the Prophet of the Wood. He is the greatest of the Tree Sages. He is said to commune mystically with a higher power called the Ken, and he frequently gives travelers or visitors pearls of knowledge or wisdom or scientific revelation, and they're almost always right. And the citizens that live here, outside of being ever watchful for the jungle that is trying to kill them, the monsters in the jungle that is also trying to kill them, they also have to be on the lookout for the mold storm, as they happen quite frequently in this area. Laubu Mesa is a city that sits on Laubu Mesa. This city's claim to fame is that it has never once been conquered throughout its history. In ancient times, Laubu Mesa trained some of the best cavalry riders, and they would ride Shotalashu mounts. These are winged creatures native to the planet and very popular. In modern Starfinder, that city now trains some of the best pilots you will see in the Pact Worlds. Nurandel sits on top the Kornath Divide. It is a city mostly inhabited by gnomes. It's most popular for its university as well as the Green Gate. The Green Gate is a portal that goes to the First World and it allows the gnomes who live here to trade with the Fae. And it's because of this Green Gate that the mountainous region that this city sits on is actually very well populated with plants. Which is unusual because it's a rocky wasteland around the city. Biotech researchers as well as spell workers travel to this university to learn what they can about the Green Gate. The Xeno Wardens also keep a permanent delegation at the university to make sure that whatever power is coming out is not abused. Southwatch is a city fortress on Sovereign's most southern point. It is just a few miles from the frozen cliffs of Orovas. Each winter, the ocean between the two landmasses there freezes, and that is when the excitement starts for the city. Very hungry Orovox come across this now frozen land bridge, and they attack the city all the time, every winter, every year, without fail. Southwatch has tried many different tactics to not only blow up the causeway, but it just refreezes. So they basically have to wait for springtime or summertime for it to be warm enough for this causeway to go back to being water. And that's when the animals stop attacking. In the off season, although they have tried to bombard them and blow them up from the sky, these creatures will bury themselves deep into the snow and ice and bombs just can't reach them. The strange thing is over the last couple years, the Orvax have not attacked the city. Some think that it's because of their persistence that the numbers of these creatures have died off. Others think that because they're semi-intelligent, they're planning something big. And lastly, this brings us to Talassia, the Portal Grove. It's recorded in ancient history, at least what hasn't been wiped out by the gap, that Talassia was a magical transit hub. The city, which is mostly built out of trees, it contained most of the planet's Ayudara, and residents would pay transarchs, people who controlled the portals, to send them where they wanted to go. 
sometime during the gap, that changed. Right now, that city is claimed by a green dragon, Urvosk. And not only does he claim the city, but he also claims the sole title of High Transarch. Sovereign has tried to claim the city not only militaristically, but also legally from Urvosk. And unfortunately, Urvosk has lots of high-paid lawyers who have defended him. And he still owns the he still owns the grove. One thing that has stopped Sovereign from making an all-out military push on the city is that Urvosk has claimed that there are thermal nuclear devices in every building. And they really don't want to push it and find out. However, Urvosk has allowed people to use his portals, mostly after they've paid him off. Urvosk does have a soft spot for adventurers, and he does allow them to use his portals, or rather he hires them to go through the portals and report back to him on what they found on the other side. Some of the locations have been lost to history, and Urvosk claims to be the only one who knows where they go. There are so much more interesting places that I didn't get a chance to cover. I pulled everything today from the book behind me, The Pact Worlds. There wasn't a lot to be found on the wiki articles, and I did try to pull a little bit of information from the Pathfinder wikis there as well. Castravel is amazing. It is a high-tech place. It is a high-magic place. You have the Lashuntas, the Elves, and the Formians. I'm not a particular fan of the Formians, but they exist. I'm a sucker when it comes to magic stories or extra planner stories, as evidenced by the university. If you wanted to have some Fae stories, make this a location for you to start playing with. And if you wanted to get to some of the outer edges of space or just go someplace weird, don't be afraid to have your adventurers cross paths with this green dragon, provided they're willing to work with him and make some sort of a deal. Elves are still a common race in the Pact Worlds with Starfinder. They did transition fairly well from the Pathfinder days into the Starfinder days. The core rulebook does give you some options on them, but if you're looking for some of the best fit for an elf character, you'll want to have the character operations manual as well. Links will be in the description below for every book as well as video that I've talked about today. If you enjoyed the video today, please give me a thumbs up. It lets me know to make more of these for you. If you want to get more Starfinder from me, then please hit that subscribe button and that bell notification. I would also like to give a major thank you to all of my patrons. There's four of you now. You keep growing. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Caneroot, Warpony, Ducky, and the newest patron edition, Get of Math Rocks. That's actually a joke on my werewolf content. I thought it was funny. Up on the screen will be a playlist I picked out for you. YouTube will have also made a recommendation for you. My name's Nathaniel. You've been watching The Maple Table. Thank you so much for your subscription. Thanks for stopping by, everyone.